Ray, thanks so much for making the time. Well, you know, I'm really glad to be here. It's always fun to talk about these things. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to dig into really where, whatever, you, whatever direction the conversation takes us. But for me, uh, well, you know, when I first heard about you through a viral video that came out from uh, The Cut, I believe, where they brought yeah. you into a group of strangers and you had to guess their zodiac sign. I mean, it's a fascinating project and experiment, I guess. And you, you didn't really know much or anything about them beforehand, right? There wasn't like this pre never met before him. off film, never met them. Never met them. Uh, didn't really know uh, what I was there to do until um, they told me the rules. And it said, oh. this one rule, you can ask them anything you want except your birthday. Right. Right. So then I, I caught on. So, oh, Oh, this is going to be fun. Um, I, I thought I was lucky to get four out of 12. <laughs> well, I mean, these things are almost well, virtually you know, impossible, uh, it seems. There's, there's uh, so many factors, 10 planets, mm. uh, a lot of um, the moon will go into some sort of um, part of how you look. Same with the sun, same with the rising. So there's there was a thirty percent chance uh, that I could get it wrong, and a sixty percent chance. Uh, I mean, the other way around: thirty percent to get it right, sixty percent to get it wrong. Right, right. So what 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 what, what I what I did is what I always did. You know, um, when I was first really learning astrology, um, I was one of these little coffee house guys. Um, hanging out in a coffee house and talking this, you know, trash talk about astrology and all that uh, in the Mm. midst of a situation like the Vietnam war and everything else. And people, what's wrong with you? You know, that's, that's, that's fantasy. You know, we got to deal with the politics of it all. I said, well, it might help to know your enemy. Mm. And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, you're looking at it. You're the enemy. You're your own enemy. All of this. And I said, you, what do you mean you? I said, well, you know, um, your your head is too small. You know, your identity uh, doesn't stop with the edges of your skin. Um, if you had been born uh, 2003, 4, 5, 6, 7, 10, 20,000 years ago, it would have been common sense for you to recognize the environment is as much you as that body that you're in. Right. You guys have forgotten the whole thing. So, yeah, the, the political reality is figure out who you are, because otherwise, you know, you're just a blind, blind man in an orgy. <laughs> you just feel your way around. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. Well, I mean, I was fascinated just around this idea of astrology. First off, I don't know a lot about astrology. I, you know, I was uh, born Catholic and then turned into Christian and then now I'm more agnostic, uh, but just more on the religious sense. But astrology is something that I've never really delved into, which is why some of the questions that I may ask you might be quite, you know, off topic, or it just may not seem completely even relevant. So just giving you some heads up here, but I was just excited to pick your brain and particularly just understanding the people that 
have also uh, used astrology to get to the top of their fields. You've got Reagan, Roosevelt, Einstein. There was a lovely quote by JP Morgan who, who says that millionaires don't use astrology, billionaires do. And it just was fascinating to me that all of these high figures were, uh, you know, able to really get value out of astrology. Whereas for me, it's just something I haven't even heard of in, in the past. And from what I understand, 30% of Americans believe in astrology. And I'm curious to know, I guess, just right off the bat, would love to know, you know, how did you get into astrology? What was the origin story there? My, my originating story and how I got into astrology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting story. Uh, 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 I'll, I'll tell you how, exactly how it came about. Um, I um, was in the military um, and reached a point uh, where I was released. And um, I ended up, um, after a, a few little uh, ups, uh, starts and stops, I ended up in Berkeley, California. Yeah. And um, I used to frequent this one coffee house and I met this guy there who told me stuff about myself that he had no right knowing. So I confronted him. I said, look, man, um, what are you, CIA? I mean, have you been following me? Did you finally catch up? What's He laughed. And I said, well, what is this business of way you talk to me like, you know, like we've known each other for centuries and you know too much about me. What's, what's the deal? He said, well, if I told you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe me. So that piqued my curiosity. I said, well, come on, come on, come on. Go ahead. Tell me, try, try me, see if I can do it. <laughs> he tells me, well, I use astrology. I said, what? Astrology? the hell has that got to do with anything? Look, I just got out of, you know, 10 years of the government pushing me around, looking for brown people to kill and everything. I was sick of it. I don't like that. I didn't like that at all. So I got out and, and now you're telling me that the balls of gas and rocks in the sky are going to tell me how to live my life and what to do and curse me if I don't do it right, help me if I do it wrong, you know, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, he said, well, you know, um, I told you you wouldn't believe it. I said, yeah, yeah. Well, the kicker is that his guy is sitting at the coffee table. is surrounded by women who are just <laughs> hanging on every word he said. <laughs> I said, no, but, you know, just watch out of military. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. It's an angle here. What's that? Well, you know. I decided, okay, I was going to angle on over to the table next time I came into the coffee house if he was there. Sure enough, he was. So I just sort of walked up and said, hey, man, how are you doing? He said, oh, cool. Hey, hey, have a seat. Oh, there it was. So it was astrology talk. And I realized I don't know anything about this. So how am I going to get with these chicks if I don't know the language? Hmm. 
I said, hey, uh, can you give me some idea what books to read and so forth? He says, oh, you're being converted, are you? I said, well, no, not exactly, but, you know, it's really intriguing that you're able to do this, and I would like to be able to do it too, so why don't you uh, do that? So he gave me a pretty long list of books to read, and uh, I took a year to read them. And at the end of that year, I said, okay, I read them. He says, cool. Uh, I'm going to teach a class uh, tomorrow night. You want to come? I said, sure. So I thought I was going to be a student. He, he put me in as, as his apprentice. He said, uh, you know, here's Ray. Da, 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 da. He's new to this whole thing, just like you are. But he's read more books than you probably will do the rest of your life. So I know he's committed. Whoa. So it started out like that. And after a couple of years, we were teaching classes together all over mm. the, the, uh, the, the, the San Francisco Bay Area. And I got to meet... Um, People like uh, Dane Roger, the father of humanistic astrology, person-centered astrology, transpersonal astrology, and all of that. And I also um, was working in the media as a, as a radio host uh, on about three or four different radio stations in the Bay Area. They don't need to give you the call letters, but the idea was there was four yeah. or five stations, and uh, I got to interview a lot, and I started focusing more and more on, on the human potential and all of that business uh -huh. that was beginning to uh, flow into the media airwaves uh, about uh, higher consciousness and spirituality and the new age and all of that kind of stuff. So I was lapping it up like crazy, you know, and I got better and better and better at it. Um, so when you first started... Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Ray. I'm curious to know about this point because when you first mentioned when you got to the coffee shop, obviously the motivation was external, right? It was getting checks. At what point for you not to, not, not, was no, it? No, no. no the motivation, oh. initial motivation to go to the coffee house to have coffee. Right, right. But you got into it when you saw this guy who was an astrologist hanging around all these women. Uh, well, yeah, it happened a little earlier when he asked me these questions about Got it. what he knew about me. But anyway, you have the idea. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And at what point was it for you when you started to go in and study on your own and really get into it? At what point, what was the tipping point for you to say, wow, this was, this is something that's going to be my life's work. Was it a book? Was it a certain knowledge that you gathered? No, it was it was uh, the effect of uh, the present moment in terms of the transiting, passing planets as they uh, had some angular kind of relationship to where the sky was when I was born. Mm. And so transits will begin to uh, work their way into your feelings and your thought process uh, you have um, you have things like well I was born Uranus was in Pluto and was in Taurus yeah and of course that's where it is now and it's an 84 year cycle but back then you know um, it was I think somewhere around I don't know maybe Leo, Virgo, something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it, it, Uranus is, is uh, an energy field that corresponds to the idea of transformation. 
So when it, uh, I think it went over some planet, I can't remember exactly what, but these kinds of things were happening right and left. And I could not explain it in any other way. And even if I had been able to, um, why would the astrology be able to explain it? Yeah. I had this idea that they were up there and I was down here. And so I, you know, I, I had to overcome, um, and this was a tipping point, overcome my subservience to materialism. Mm. Can you elaborate on that? Well, um, materialism uh, creates this space, let's say, uh, between me and Saturn in the sky. Well, place that, that, that space is full. It's full of electromagnetic energy. And all of the planets are interwoven electromagnetically, having effect on each other. Because the sun is the solar system. It's 99.86% of the mass of the solar system. And the planets, uh, you know, 0.14%, tiny little things, genes. The sun has organs. And the earth is the womb organ of the sun. Mm-hmm. So I began to see that. That was a tipping point. I said, oh. So then I was able to uh, they say you were born Catholic, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, you weren't born Catholic. You were born into a Catholic environment. And for the first seven years of your life, they arranged an identity for you called the ego which felt guilty if they didn't do the Catholic stuff. Wasn't guilty of anything, but... So, I don't know. I'm just uh, not really rambling, but uh, talking a lot. (laughs) I gave you an answer that you're looking for. Well, I mean, I want to get people on the same page, right? Because 30% of Americans believe in astrology, yet you've got 3% or even less of atheists that believe in astrology. So obviously there are people that are skeptical, just like you were when you first got started. Sure. And my understanding is that I think it it can be sometimes categorized into the world of like fortune tellers. And in many ways, I just don't think people understand it. I certainly don't understand it. And, And I think in general, humans are very resistant to things that we can't make sense of or control. And in some ways, like it can't really be falsified, right? Might be good for us to start talking a little bit about what you think is the biggest misconception that most people have about astrology or what astrologists do. I think what the, in terms of a person who isn't an astrologer or is confronted with the question, do you believe in astrology? Um, The misconception that I see happening all the time is that they see um, astrology as something that is uh, attempting to tell them their fate. Yeah. Where they're going to end up, whether they're going to suffer 
or whether they're going to be successful, have a happy married life. Uh, a lot of that comes um, out of Vedic astrology. Beta what? Vedic, out of Vedic. Vedic, okay. Vedic, Jyotish, um, sidereal. So uh, that's the biggest mi- misconception that, that it has something to do with fate. It is more looking in the mirror and getting a clear understanding of what you're made of. And the difference um, that people find, uh, I guess, difficult at first is that um, they're more to you than the body that you're, you're in. At the time, you know, that you take your first breath, that body that does that isn't you. What comes in with your first breath? <gasps> because they slap, you know, and the body goes <gasps> shock. And so what brings air It's in the room mm-hmm. that connects the body to all the air that's cradling the earth. Did you know that oxygen molecules and atoms can be found 390,000 miles above the earth in all directions? Beyond the orbit of the moon. So that's telling you that the earth is bathed in life-giving substances, gases, oxygen, nitrogen, and a few others that I don't know how to pronounce. (laughs) Me neither. Uh Yeah. So um, the the idea is that um, the solar system is you. And it transmutes uh, into living in that body, Mm -hmm. trying to hook up with the biological DNA, the solar system becomes your spiritual DNA. So I don't know any more I can say about about the sticking point. It's just that a lot of people really uh, are afraid that if they start believing it, then, you know, they're going to, I don't know. They're just afraid. Most people are afraid. To really understand themselves. Yeah, and and I think the uh, other aspect could be that they just don't have a grasp of the origins or even the practicalities of astrology and what astrologists do when they're reading people. And just to clarify those points, it might be helpful if you can just give an overview of what exactly it is that astrologists are looking for and what they do when they're going through the process of reading someone. Just a high-level overview for people that may just not be familiar with the concept of astrology. Well, it has to be pretty general because um, what an astrologer will do depends upon the moment that the reading begins. Because that's a an originating moment. So the astrologer is going to look at the sky than it is at that moment. The person walks in the door for the reading, mm-hmm. look at your clock, create a chart for that moment, so you understand what that moment is, the potential for that moment. What do you mean by moment? You're talking about the constellation the of the of the planets. Person knocks on the door and I open it. What mm-hmm. time is it? 
take note, draw an astrology chart for that moment. The moment that the person begins showing initiative that they want this reading. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kinds of ways of showing initiative. They can mail me a check. They can <laughs> yeah. come to meet me in a supermarket uh-huh. or whatever, but they, they commit to it. And then when they actually arrive to, to do it, then that moment uh, contains information that I need to know about what they're bringing with it. The moment brings its own energy, just like the wind, you know, uh, can move things around because it's energy that moves. So time is an energy that moves. So the moment someone comes in, the quality of that moment has to be integrated at least in your understanding, yeah, how to handle what you're going to do with this person. If if I was to go in with the reading for you right now, just hypothetically, at this moment, you know, this is recorded and we're on a live call. Obviously, it's virtual. As much as I would love to do this in person, what would you, as an astrologist, be looking for when you're talking about in the moment? So let's say at this time, it's for me, it's. Uh, for you, it's 11.28 a.m. W- what exactly would you be looking for at this present time as we're going through this reading? I, well, I, I, I guess the idea is that every moment has a potential that can be um, um, developed. Okay. But you have to know the potential. And the moment contains the potential, if you can read it astrologically. So um, I don't know what is rising right now. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I'd have to. I'd have to interrupt the whole thing and and draw a chart for eleven now twenty nine a.m. But that wouldn't right. help because we started this thing at eleven. Yeah. And you didn't actually start with me until eleven oh four. Right. So um, if you were coming for a reading, I would draw up a chart for 11.04 a.m. here in, in, in Seattle. And whatever the rising sign is, is telling me that the path that we're on right now has this kind of quality to it. And so um, we should adhere to that if at all possible. And as a matter of fact, whether you adhere to it or not, you are adhering to it. It is the nature of what is happening. It's a description of what is happening. It isn't something that you have to do or not. But, you know, um, if you're, if you want to go on a date with somebody, wouldn't it be amazing if you could look at their astrological configuration and realize, oh, God, this has got potential for a serial killer. I better not. It's a joke, of course. Of course, I yes. You don't see that in a person. Yeah. You see you see um, the danger for the possibility, uh-huh. but it's there as a possibility to be avoided. And you're saying it, where, because you're talking about 1104 specifically as the specific time when you want to be uh, creating a, a chart in that case. So if we started at 1102, you're saying that would have been a very different, a completely different reading experience because of the I fact that we started. Com- at a- 
No, okay. I wouldn't say completely different, but it would be different. Mm. The way that the horizon works um, is that it moves, uh, the horizon will move uh, one degree every four minutes. One degree every four minutes, okay. So um, after 15, 20 minutes, you may actually have a different sign. And a rising is just the gateway to describe the quality of what you're experiencing. It just describes the, the moment is moving in this direction to deal with this potential. That uh-huh. moment that I do the chart for is the moment they walked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's above the horizon, which is the objective reality that is out there for both of us, the client and myself. And there's a subjective side of it. It's below the horizon, which is a clue to what's going on in each of us. And what's my role and what his or her role here. And some people uh, come just for a tune-up. Yeah. Some people come to figure out what's wrong. Why, why are they depressed? Uh, what is it? They're lost. They're confused. Or they uh, want to come in and they have this idiotic idea that I can tell them how to make a million bucks. <laughs> right, right. So that, that moment that I'm talking about, they walk in, the potential of that moment has to be understood and utilized for the greatest success in being able to penetrate a person's lack of understanding of astrology because they were brought up in a materialistic way. Mm. Mm. We still describe the distance from, you know, um, one thing to another, from here to the center of the galaxy in miles or parsecs. It's better to measure in terms of consciousness. Are you conscious of you being in the galaxy? Oh, you're intellectually in. But are you conscious of that on a daily basis, walking down the street? Standing on the earth, which may might very well be just the womb of the sun, where the sun creates itself. Yeah. So consciousness is what what is I'm after when I do the moment a person starts a chart. I, I know where everything is in relationship to their chart and my chart. So I know what's expected, what is needed, what's the best way to talk with this person. Yeah, th- this is uh this is such an interesting conversation because I and I am sure you can sense this, is the questions that I'm trying to ask are very logically broken down and I'm trying to intellectualize it as much as possible, mainly for, you know, not just for myself, but also mainly for the people that are listening for them to really understand something that may not be something they've even really experienced or maybe something they haven't delved into, but it it doesn't seem like, um, it doesn't seem like that's what, how it should be asked. It's almost one of those things that you kind of have to, experience and maybe it's not something that you can really break down using the limitations of the English language. And because you're talking about a very complex and uh, fluid 
concept that is really hard to break down, right? Just using the limitations of what we have. And obviously you're doing a great job so far. Um, and, and I'm trying to ask you the best questions possible in, in that sense. Um, but for, for, to get that grasp for me, just to clarify some of those points, you know, if I was to come to and ask you for a reading and I asked you a question, something not like, you know, can you make a billion dollars or not? The question would be more, let's say, who is the right type of partner for me, for me to feel, uh, let's say the most love, right? And you're saying that the answer could change depending on what time or what setting we came into the conversation. Well, you can change as though it would have been one way. And so it isn't that way. It's this way. You see, that's materialistic. Okay. It is what it is at the moment that it is what it is. And we're looking for what it is at the moment that it is whatever it is and try to work with that. Align the consciousness with the cosmic reality. Now, to use the word cosmic for most people is to get into the woohoo end of things. And that's because of the materialist view that um, humanity is laboring under for centuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 1926, 5, 7, 8, 9, somewhere in there. Um, the whole reality of materialism was destroyed. 1920s. And okay. uh, it takes a long time for the new reality to actually filter into the everyday activities and consciousness and the way we build buildings and uh, how we do everything. Yeah. So quantum physics blew materialism out of the water. An atom is 99.9999999999999. I should feel like that guy, the pizza guy, you know, when he was running off. Anyway, it's 99.9999% empty space. And what is in it is energy. So science is telling us that we have a false image of the reality that we are in and a part of. We have a mechanistic view of the world, Mm push-pull. The major medical um, model sees the body as a machine push this pull that um and yet we know from quantum physics that everything is energy and that the the business of matter is a interpretation of the mind right your eyes see what they see but they don't really see what they see they see um, light bouncing off of different energy fields. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. electromagnetic energy fields. That's you. Yeah. It's me. Yeah. So uh, I'm with you there. You, you know, uh, uh, that's a pretty tall order to ask somebody who is um, working on Wall Street and the whole idea is the bottom line. That's right. That's and right. Everything else is meaningless unless the bottom line increases in its value. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a result of materialistic thinking. And what are the origins? I mean, who? <laughs> who <laughs> maybe that's the wrong question, but there is no. Uh, that's right. That's right. What? L- let me ask you. Like, what are? Because I know there's different types of astrology, right? There's the Chinese, the Western, the Vedic, the Mayans, and there's all different kinds. What was the origin astrology theme uh, that kind of spawned that eventually divided into multiple different kinds, like the Chinese, the Western, the Vedic, and so forth? Well, um, yeah. do you ever go camping? Mm-hmm. Do you ever go camping out where the sky was just filled with the light of a billion stars? Yeah. That's where it started. Right. People just lay in there like time something. Wow, look at that. And then, wait a minute, I'm getting interested in this, so I'm going to measure how far that thing moved since yesterday. And it just builds up over time. Interactions with human beings about, hey, you know, and then becomes a pseudoscience. And then it becomes a a kind of uh, power that the royalty and the leaders the autocrats decide, oh, I want heaven on my side. So they hire, they, you know, say, I want you to tell me uh, what the stars have in store for me. Yeah. That astrology doesn't want to get. So astrology starts telling the king, you know, all these wonderful things about how he's going to be successful. And And if he starts getting a little weird, astrology has a way of running to another country or something else. But astrology was used for the survival of the astrologer. Right. And that's the origin of the Christian um, biblical uh, admonition about astrologers or charlatans. That's all. Um, And it's unfortunate (laughs) because... um, uh, you know, it it, it um, eliminates um, um, a, a whole um, area of your consciousness from having any interaction with anyone because it's woo-woo, it's black magic, it's uh, charlatan, it's this and that. It's much more attractive to get training as a banker. Or it's much more attractive to become a doctor or a nurse or an attorney or this or that. Because, you know, all of those things are derived out of mm-hmm. the song, you know, the view of the world. And yeah. as long as we see the world out there and we have to have an interaction with it, here we are. What we've done as a species is take the earth as a host and like a virus, start to kill it. So this is where we are. And I'm I'm pivoting, but why 
what astrology is telling me and is looking at, we uh, have lost our way. Hmm. And you don't think it was like that before? You, you, you think it's a recent, you think it's a recent moment that we're having in society that we've lost our way? Well, I mean, we have. They're not recent. It's been going on for centuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go, uh, there was a comment that went by in 2020, uh, uh, discovered through an NASA device or probe called Neowise. Interesting name, new wisdom. But um, after calculating the orbit of the thing, um, they discovered it was it had an orbit of 6,800 years. That means 6,800 years ago, it was right where it was in 2020, coming yeah. around the sun. Astrology is about cycles, beginning, middle, and end. And a comet has a cycle. And everything that happened since the comet was last here, 6,800 years ago, that was the Neolithic age, give or take half a century or two. Human beings were nomadic, small groups, hunting around for food. And eventually, you know, they go in circles, just like you have your favorite place to go every day or once a month or on Mondays, you got you know. So the habitual reality is they, 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 they get back to places they've been before. And they noticed that um, some of the food droppings that they had left had deposited seeds, like watermelon seeds, and watermelons were growing. Or something food was growing. Yeah. Blew them blew their mind. Civilization requires agriculture. Agriculture was be, began there with the nomads when they discovered that they could plant a seed and grow something. They could grow more food than they needed as a group, and then it could use food to exchange. I'll give you blah 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 for that gold. Yeah. So civilization began because agriculture began. And that led all the way over time, centuries, thousands of years to the Industrial Revolution, which made it possible for more and more people to be born. The population of the planet grew, 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 grew. It's 9 billion now. And Industrial Revolution made it possible to become capitalist. Capitalism brought you climate change because capitalism bottom line is bottom line, money. Interestingly enough, money doesn't even exist. It's just a social compact. I will agree that that's a $5 bill if you agree that's a $5 bill. No, between you and I, the moment I talk about that $5 bill today is only worth $4.58, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So the moment is different, even though the subject is the same, $5 bill. So the moment matters because it changes the quality and character of what you're seeing into what it really is. 
I can't, I, I can't go out and buy the same amount of products with that $5 bill today than I could 10 years ago. So what's the name of that? It's what you believe. You mean inflation? It's a social contract. Mm -hmm. So astrology shows you those social contracts because there's so uh, much of uh, astrological uh, lingo that goes into describing the inner workings of the way you think and the way you evaluate. So um, as long as we're unconsciously engaged in materialist thinking and acting, um, astrology is going to seem like a woo-woo out there thing. Well, I mean, I feel like overall the popularity of astrology has increased and there's almost seems this correlation between the uncertainty of events that are happening around the world with how much people are talking about astrology and horoscopes. Why do you think that is? Uh, you just said, you just said why people want certainty. People are worried. They're uncertain about a lot of things. And um, this this big elephant in the room, climate change, it hits them like a sledgehammer. What can I do? So then you realize you're in a situation where you have no power. You've given it all away to the materialists Mm -hmm. who can't come up with an agreement about anything without going through a thousand um, different iterations of failures and so forth. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, that's the reason. Now, it is also true that um, popularity in and of itself um, can be a good thing for the existence of astrology because it keeps the word in the circulating in the population, keeps the idea circulating in the population. But of course, you know, you get 10 million people, you get 10 million different ideas of what astrology is. Yeah. Got it. So you're going to learn what astrology is only when you really have some clarity about your own life from an astrological perspective. Gotcha. It's your birthday, by the way. Oh, I'm supposed to guess, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, it, I mean, I'm, I'm what a little Gemini in there someplace. No, I'm not Gemini. No, I'm no, not, not Gemini. Son, but... You're talking about myself. Yeah. Yeah. You yourself. No, no, no I'm not Gemini. Um, no, I know. I know. But I mean, you have some Gemini in you. Oh, I mean, it could be. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I can share with you my birthday. It's September 29th, 1992. September. Yeah. 29th. All right. So I'm getting Mercury. September 29th. Uh, you're just uh, crawling uh, out of Virgo and into Libra. Uh, yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, um, you use your charm to suck them in so that you can investigate them and see what they're, what's going on. So, yeah. 
and it depends on what time you were born and a whole lot of other stuff. But yeah, eleven thirty p.m. Oh, that late at night, right down. To yeah, Japan, yeah. In Korea, in Korea. So I don't know. That's so that's thing I don't understand. You may well you have a different sky, but that's okay. Um, yeah. So eleven thirty in yes, Seoul, Korea. You're, you're I think you're, from what you just told me, it's probably it could likely really be a Gemini rising. Gemini rising. Okay. Yeah. So in your personal uh, relationships, right? With uh, yeah, what do you call chicks? <laughs> um, you have to um, admit that uh, the one thing you need in all of your relationships is freedom. Mm. Freedom to be trusted. Not some rule that says you can't do this, you can't do that. But uh, you could, you could go to a party by yourself, girlfriends, uh, got a night out with the girls and she's letting you go out with, with the guys. And she knows that you can be trusted yeah. to be faithful, loyal, because you got a Sagittarius seventh house of relationship. Um, but the other part about it is that um, psychologically, um, you uh, uh, sort of um, have had to go through uh, discovering that you that, uh, kind of upset about things that happened as you were growing up, you know, family life, and it was not what, the way you wanted it to be, and you know, your your sense of value for yourself, you know, is really established by your, your family background. And so, you know, um, your, your, your fundamental uh, basis in life is really um, trying to help people. The only reason you do the podcast is to bring people information that they might not get in any other way. So what is it about? Cause we haven't met before. Right. And obviously we didn't really share anything. Uh, we just said, this is the time of the podcast. So what, and we're, we're virtual right now for people that are listening. So what was it? apart from what I just shared with, which was my birthday that, you know, gave you those types of that information because yeah, you didn't even do a reading chart. It was just based on talking to me. No, I I can do it in my head. It's like uh, 1132. Think about midnight. Where's the sun at midnight? Down at the bottom of the earth on the other side of the earth, the bottom. Right. So um, that means that the sun was down near the midnight point. And since you're Libra, that means the top is Aries. And then I know that the next step would be Taurus and Gemini. And so it's either Gemini or Cancer rising. Um, Cancer rising doesn't seem quite right. Because cancer is more uh, quiet, less um, prone to deep conversations with people they don't know. Okay. So you'll be quiet in a room of people that you don't know for a while. Yeah. If you're a cancer rising. If you're Gemini... It's exciting to be in a room full of people talking. You just want to jump right in. 
<laughs> so uh, that means that the thing, the sun, that's that's horizon over the earth, Gemini. And then it moves down and cancer comes up as your resource is saying, well, you know, I have to go according to how I feel. Mm-hmm. My, my skill in life is feeling my way and feeling valuable. I have to feel valuable. You do. And if you do, then when it comes to communication, you can, Leo, really be in control of how you communicate and be really creative and so forth. Is there, what I've heard also is that certain signs are compatible with other signs. So, for example, with me as a Libra, let's talk about friendships and love relationships. Who are the... What's that? Go ahead. No. Who are the who are the types of signs that me as a Libra, and we can go through other signs as well that I should avoid, and the ones that I should gravitate towards, and maybe it's the same for friendships and relationships. Well, again, you know, you're talking about signs of the zodiac, and you're not talking about people. Yeah, just in general. Obviously, this is not going to be 100 percent true. <laughs> But you see, the, the idea of, of – uh, and there are many astrologers that will do that for you. Right. Am I just asking the wrong question then? Is this not the right – No, it's not a right – it's not a right or wrong question. Okay. It's what the state of, um, of the reality is. The reality is um, when, let's say, you're born and the sun was in Libra, right? Mm-hmm. The sun was in Libra when you were born. Everybody was exposed to that sun in Libra. It's a collective energy. Everybody going to use it according to the nature of their state of consciousness while it's in Libra. So you can't just say this sign is comparable with that sign and then shove a couple of human beings of those signs in there because the human right. beings could have collected, taken that collective energy and use it in all kinds of different ways. So what is the real question is, should I be dating someone who is not conscious? Compatibility is based on consciousness. If a person is spiritually conscious of being a spirit on a human journey instead of a human being lost trying to figure out why am I here? What am I doing? The consciousness has to change in order for the compatibility to happen. You can put, uh, let's say an Aries together successfully uh, with a Gemini, a Gemini with uh, Leo, a Leo, with the Libra and on and on it goes. Mm-hmm. Those are the collective signs, the energy field. But when you put a person in that energy field or as made of that energy field, uh, their sociocultural conditioning will play a role. You're born, you know, because there's a need for you to be born. Is a need for you to not only be born, but the purpose of the birth is to fulfill the purpose of your birth, to fulfill yourself. The world needs a, that 
That's why you were born. But you're born into a familial situation. And the family has this idea of the world and what it needs. And it wants to package you that way. It treats you that way. First seven, eight years of your life, the ego is a socially constructed thing based on familial sociocultural realities imposed upon you. There you are, zero to seven, big old little sponge, just it all comes into you. You don't have, you don't say, no, cool, I'm, I, I, I'm good. <laughs> no. Yeah. And so it all, and you expect as a child that they're telling you the truth. And it is their truth, but it doesn't happen to be yours. So uh, you uh, made your rebellion in college. Mm-hmm. You're talking about me specifically? Well, that's, that's when you, you discovered that there was uh, a, lot, a lot wrong with the educational system. And uh-huh. uh, you felt like uh, somehow or other you didn't belong there because you weren't learning what you wanted to learn. You wanted to learn who the hell you are. Right. So I don't know. <laughs> now this is like, because I, I have an article because I dropped out of university. So you got that right for sure. But there's articles around me online. So I don't know if this is something that was. I don't, I, I never heard of you before. That's right. That's right. So there's like, there's, there's just no way, right? I'm just going yeah, by, you said 1132. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, what year was that again? 90, 92. So you're, that information about me dropping out and or me not formulating within the square of the education system that's formed, that was based on the time. That, that's how you gathered that data is because yeah. I was born in 1130. Okay. Yeah. That's specific information. Yeah. Okay. But why? Why? Why, why was it about 1130 and the fact that I didn't like the education system. I don't get what it has. Yeah. When you drop a chart for somebody, um, it starts with the moment of the first breath. And the circle itself is a 28 year clock. I can tell the nature of whatever it is that you might have been struggling with at age. I don't know. 26 or 13 or seven or 60. But you can't know what I'm going to be struggling with when I'm in my forties oh, or fifties. Yeah, I can. You can. I, I, okay. Yeah. The, the externals may be going to that. Be different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the internal reality is you're struggling uh-huh. with what to do about Things that you're confronted with at the moment. And you're not, you might, at a certain time, you might know exactly what you're doing. Other times you might not because things are changing and you're trying to figure out how to handle this change. And are you good enough for this or are you good enough for that? All of that is there. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything in in your life is is, uh, potentially something that you uh, can manifest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the amount of manifestation, amount of your potential that you can manifest uh, depends on a number of different things, you know, just like uh, genetics. Uh, 
are not the whole story. There's epigenetics. Yeah. So in astrology, there's a transits. But there's a thing called progressions. And you can, uh, I can look, for instance, if you still want to do this. I, I do. Yeah. I'm fascinated okay. by this. No, no. As long as you have time, I'm, this is great. Um, I know, for instance, that the sun moves through the sky at essentially one degree a day. One degree a day. Okay. So I know that this concept of progression is that I can look, um, 19 what were you born? 92. Yeah, 92. So you'll be 20 next year. I mean, 30, excuse me. Um, yeah, I'm turning 29 and then I'll be 30 okay. uh, next year. So yeah. what, what you've experienced the last three or four years is, um, well, <laughs> kind of the... Um, Understanding that, uh, boy, you've got a lot of improving to do. You came across uh, what level of self-doubt that remains from your childhood. Because the first 28 years of your life, you're this spirit on a human journey. And your job is to investigate what is going on in this world. Wow, what a mess. Oh, God. Okay, now I see what i got to do. So it takes 28 years for you to really um, be in the world to absorb what it is telling you about what its reality is. And then you get to choose how you're going to spend 28 to 56, uh, depending upon whether or not you um, live that long (laughs) are awakened enough. Yeah, right. Interested enough. You can remain mm-hmm. asleep. Yeah. Which to you is just face down in the material life. Mm. But if you I know, just, if yeah. you know that uh, that's just your physical foot, your spiritual life uses this physical body to grow and have more experiences where its spiritual power can be brought to bear. Mm-hmm. And what's missing with humanity is the spiritual power. Humanity has been reduced to a series of slaves and slave owners. There's no spirituality in that whatsoever. Yeah. And that's why we are where we are. And what we really need is a world council to which all nations become subservient to in order to save the planet from becoming uninhabitable. I I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Um, Well, then go, go, go bang on your congressman's door, get out in the street with your (sighs) sign. The end is near. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's no longer a joke. The end is near. I'm looking at the cycles of Uranus. Um, Uranus is a cycle of 84 years. It takes 84 years 
for one year on your honors. One revolution. Um, if you add 84 years to 1776, you get to 1860, and already it was getting ready for 1861, beginning of the Civil War. Okay. Uranus is about revolutionary change. So 1860, revolutionary change. Add 84 years to 1860, and you get 1944. Why do we start at 1780, though? Like, what was the reason for 18, starting at that 18? I didn't. I didn't oh, start at 1780. Oh, okay, okay. 1776 plus 1776 is 1860. Yeah. That's the Civil War. You add another 84 years to 1860, when the Civil War was about to start, and you get 1944, the beginning of the end of the war. Second World War, and you add another 84 years to 1944, and you get 2028. 20, and a revolutionary change is climate change. That's where we are. It's going to take that kind of revolution, the same kind of singular purpose that the Civil War was, the same kind of purpose as finally ending the war. And the same kind of purpose that surviving through climate change. Mm -hmm. So, and how do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel astrology can help with that? Well, I just thought that knowing that we're we're near the end of our tipping point, twenty twenty eight. That past that, we haven't got a prayer. Twenty twenty eight. We, we got to get it together. It's twenty twenty. We got seven years to get off our. But get in the streets and demand that the government put everything else aside and begin a global cooperation, a global Marshall Plan that everybody and everybody's going to have to sign treaties that, okay, this means I'm having to give up this much power, this much energy, this much. So militarily, I'm going to be weaker. I need a promise from you that you're not going to attack me. Now, everybody has to sign a non-aggression pact. Nobody's going to get aggression against anyone else. We're all going to work together. Mm -hmm. A global non-aggression pact. And the need for that is clear. But the fact that it's almost too late isn't so clear. And astrology can help clarify it. Right. If you just look at the history, there's a book by Richard Tarnas, T-A-R-N-A-S. Um, what is it called? Um, uh, Have you ever done a reading on yourself? Like, how, how does that work? I can't. So you, okay, so you have to go to another astrologist to read you. Well, you can't be objective about yourself. Hmm. You could be sort of right but um, it, it, it is not uh, as confirming as it comes from the mirror we ought to be mirrors of one another yeah you come in the room and I say oh yeah 
have this big tattoo on your cheek. What is that? Oh, a piece of spaghetti. Okay, take it off. <laughs> yeah. You see what I mean? I mean, we need to be able to see and assist one another like that. When, when um, we, human beings are animals with the um, so-called gift of self-awareness. Gorillas, monkeys, they help each other. You know, what should they do? They, they, they get together and they pick off flies and stuff in their fur and they clean their hairs off and they take care of They care for each other. Mm-hmm. They really do. We don't. Yeah. When's the last time you went in and see a friend and they, they straightened out your shirt, combed your hair for you and found a couple of something or other pieces of leave in the back of your head? Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. Most of the time they'll say, oh, I don't know. I hope you don't mind. But, you, you know, you got a little thing over there. And they're yeah. reticent about it. They, they don't want to be personal. People don't want to be connected unless it's romantic. Well, that's also a culture thing, right? It might be a difference. I'm here in Brazil. Someone just put sunscreen on my back for, I never, never met them. It might just be like a difference of culture. So are we talking specifically about the U.S. or humans as a... Well, I was talking about the difference between human self-awareness and the awareness that gorillas have of one another. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, They're not intellectually um, sophisticated. Why would they need that? For instance, um, there is on, on, um, I, I saw something on a Gaia film, um, interview with Joseph uh, Chilton Pierce. And one of the things he talked about was a friend of his who he, he met later, more later in his life who told him this story about having been raised uh, in, in a forest. And not a, I mean, a real forest where, like in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Amazon. Where there's a whole civilization in the forest that don't, don't need any of this other stuff. Doesn't use it. And he lived in there, lived in there. Um, so somebody came to visit And um, this particular group of people, forest people, uh, in the center of their village, there was this huge, deep hole. And something very valuable was down there in some way. I don't know what it was. But it was a hole that, you know, didn't have a guardrail or anything. It was just something they would go to uh, somehow or other do something with and this guy who was visiting an anthropologist you want to learn about these people you know he sees this toddler just walking really close to the edge of the hole and he freaks out god you oh, you save that kid he's gonna fall in the hole blah 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 and so the leader of the group grabs him and says hey hey calm down what's what's the problem he said, the baby's in danger. It's going to fall into the hole. And the guy grabs him by the shoulder, shakes him up and says, looks him right in the face. And he says, what makes you think that that child wants to fall in a hole? We believe, we know, they say, 
that every human being is born with everything they need to survive. And they're not going to use anything to do the opposite. That's what people are. People know what to do. You were born with the wisdom to do it. That's a whole different view. So the guy is still freaking out, freaking out. He finally stops. But the young man that we're talking about, that Joseph Tilton Pierce was talking about, had to leave at a certain point. Okay. And he gets into New York, gets off a plane, gets in the airport, steps out, looks at all of this. And he says, he just collapses in a pool of tears. He just says this, oh my God, what we have lost. So astrology is about using what you have lost in your consciousness by astrologically presenting you with consciousness of it. And that's the whole purpose of astrology is to increase a person's consciousness of who they are. The, the Dharma, if you want to be Hindi or Hindu about it, mm -hmm. the Dharma, the karma. The Dharma is your work. Your duties and obligations as a, as a human being to other human beings and to yourself. And all of that is completely wiped out and all of our duties or obligations are to the corporations, which are not people at all. And now we're moving to step further away to give away our spiritual power. We're going to send it off to artificial intelligence. Whatever we can't figure out, it can. So we begin, we're going to be led by artificial intelligence. Yeah. I'm not particularly sure that I want to be led by artificial intelligence any more than I would like to be following the footsteps of Adolf Hitler. Wow. It's a statement. Interesting. Why do you feel that way? Why not? I mean, do, what, don't you what? feel in, don't you feel in some ways that people are going to seek out astrology even more, knowing that there's going to be such a divide of no what AI? You don't think so? Okay. No. No. Uh, I I think we have a, a level of uh, cultural consciousness which adds up to a massive amount of. Um, ignorance uh, parading as knowledge yeah it's knowledge I know one and one is two do I know who I am no but I know one and one is two so I can get a job as a mathematician mm -hmm. and right. all I care about is school and what other people think about housing me. and getting married, having kids, and being successful, you know, progenitor. Successful in keeping the human race alive. While at the same time, I'm doing that, I'm also contributing to climate change. 
trying to kill humanity. So we're, we're in a box. And the only way out is to break out of the box. You can't, you can't, we can't live in this box, to be honest. There, there's a limit to how much growth um, the planet can sustain. The number of people are the number of mouths and stomachs, and that requires energy. The more people you need to feed, the more energy you need, and the energy you've been using produces carbon, carbon, which traps gas, methane, all those things. Yeah. So here we are, just completely unconscious. So do I think people will be turning to astrology as such in, in droves or anything like that? No. I don't, I don't, I would be great. It's wonderful, except that there are just too many um, unconscious astrologers out there. Yes. And is it, is it worrisome to you that I understand most astrologers don't do this for the money, but is it worrisome to you that there's TikTok in social media young astrologists that are coming out charging monthly fees and giving out advice. Do you feel like that's going to tarnish? Well, I don't know. It depends on the advice. I didn't even know that was happening. Apparently it's happening. There are are kids. Anybody under 40 is a kid to me. (laughs) Uh, There are kids using TikTok to do astrology. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that they're giving more awareness to the idea of astrology, and that's certainly a benefit. I, I agree. I, I agree. I, I think it's a good thing mm-hmm. that people are talking the astrology talk because it keeps the window open, the door yeah. open, the possibility that you could grow from that. The, because it would, it would be... Um, It'd be extremely materialist of me to to say, oh, that's bad. Don't do that kind of, you know. You say, oh, I'm really happy that you're interested in astrology. Yeah, that's what matters, right? They ask me questions and I tell them and then it increases their knowledge of astrology in a way. So the the thing here is like the fascination for people that are in interested in astrology, you know, there's Instagram pages about it, TikTok pages about it. And the whole thing, the concept for people is based around what sign you are and what the commonalities of these signs represent of the person that you are. And it's almost these like inside jokes. Like if you're a cancer uh, or if you're an Aries, you're, you're bold and aggressive and you, there's inside jokes and memes that have to do with it. And the people that are, are of course, Aries have an understanding that, Oh, this is, I can totally understand this. And it's, that seems like the, the, the only thing and the main thing that is is really spreading the virality of astrology. So my first question is, is that the right way to look at astrology? And are there commonalities between each signs that are valid? Uh, I don't know what you mean by the right way of looking at astrology. Um, well, how do you as an astrologist way, look at that? Like when, when well, the only thing that people are really fascinated by is that if you're a Libra, that there are certain features um, 
not necessarily about understanding the whole concept of astrology. I, I, I don't subscribe to the rights and the wrongs of anything uh, as much as I do to uh, understanding um, what it is that they're doing. Now, the external description that you're providing uh, is uh, what, they're, what they're doing, the way they talk, and so forth. But when you add all that up, they're trying to be unique. They're trying to figure out who and what they are. Right. And it's a sociocultural reality that they're in. So they want to be popular. They want to fit. So they create these ways of interacting based upon Aries is really aggressive, you know, and this and that. Librans are manic, you know, one day they're smiled, the next day they're ugly. You know, you, you can't even moment to moment sometimes. Or they'll say, uh, Scorpio, ooh la la, all this nonsense. But it's not nonsense. It's the way that they are currently relating to it. So for me to look at it and say that's wrong would be to miss my chance to be there for them and say, well, yeah, Aries are aggressive, but do you know why? Well, no, just am. Okay, well, imagine you're a spark of fire. You're a little tiny coal just burning away. And you, you, you are that. You, 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 you rose up out of an ocean of water that has no beginning and no end. Pisces. And you came up out of that. You better believe you get your ass moving. Because if you fall back in the water, you're dead. So Aries is always trying to get away from losing its flame and its power and its energy. So it has to learn to adapt to the world around it. Otherwise, it's going to be in a boxing match with it, maybe an atomic war with it or whatever. So on and on it goes like that. So, so that's yeah, Aries. Yeah. So it's really good that people are bantering about. It's really, um, in order for us to get what we need to get, it's important that you take uh, and understand that this serious stuff isn't serious at all. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. I wanted to, number one, see if your your perspective of how you feel about it, and maybe it is a good way to uh, to close it off of really giving people an idea from a professional perspective of what each of the signs, very briefly, around what are some of these commonalities and why, just like you just described with Arius, and we could go through the Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, and so forth. Really quickly. Well, okay. Um, Taurus um, uh, energy is very um, stubborn. Taurus wants, and we're talking about Taurus sun. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be mitigated by the rest of the planets and all that. But it's pretty clear. You can watch the Taurus um, and once they start something, they're going to go to the bitter end. One way or the other, they're going to do it all the way. They don't do things halfway. They're very stubborn. Hmm. 
Gemini will argue, take the other side just to do that. Just to be in disagreement with you because they want to have you understand that they're smart too. And a cancer is related to the whole concept of feeling. Feeling is something that is an organic thing. It's a physiological feeling as well. But it's the birth of feeling. So cancers are pretty quiet generally. Um, you can know a cancer when you can't hear them. They talk like this. It's really hard to hear what they're talking. See, really. Because they're all internal. They so does that mean so they they're very emotional? Within, yeah, they live within their feelings. And they don't really like to express it loudly because they're very tender. Whereas Leo, on the other hand, you know, wants to be in control, wants people to like them. The old joke about Leo is like, you know, I've been talking about me for an hour now. I'm really, can you take over and talk about me, please? <laughs> And if Virgo walks in the room and says, can I help? What can I do to help you? Or it goes to its girlfriends, if it's a woman, or the guys, somebody, Virgo says, geez, I don't think I can do this. I'm not good enough to do this. So they lack confidence. They have issues with confidence. Self-esteem. Okay. But they're here to serve, and they want to serve, and they want to help, and they should. Libra, on the other hand, you know, um, has to deal with their value in the basis of how you interact with other people. Your relationships begin to determine a collective sense of your value, you know. Um, So the whole business of sitting on a fence it's a it's a it's a big leap to go from relationship to um, discovering uh, deep secrets in yourself and in other persons, let alone. So the idea of, of Libra and relationships are all idealized idea. Everything is an ideal relationship where you don't do it, except that there are, none of them are ideal. So the perfectionists, the verbal, picky, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the see with Libra, it's it's a little more complicated because it's ruled by. Uh, what time is it? I have. Yeah, we're just finishing I, up. I have, yeah, we're reading in a half hour. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I got a little distracted there. So, Libras. The idea is the idea is that your uh, Libra valuation is so often. Um, a, a, out of balance because they depend upon other people's opinion of them. Whereas Leo doesn't depend on it. It demands love and recognition and appreciation. And Leo's to, for Leo to create anything, it's a risk. Somebody could reject it. They could say, yay, or they could say, boo. The Scorpio comes along and says, well, I need to figure out and investigate where my relative strengths and weaknesses are. 
And so the idea with Scorpio can also be that one gets quite cynical about the world around them because uh, Scorpio can feel so vulnerable that they want to hide. Mm. And so they are very good at hiding. Uh, Scorpio will be certain percentage in a relationship, but the survivor part isn't in it. Survivors watching how the relationship is going. See whether they should be in it or not. Sagittarius, on the other hand, uh, is trying to figure out what, what is really going on here? What, uh, what higher perspective could I achieve uh, to help me understand things I couldn't understand without having this big overview? Mm. And a Capricorn idea is um, to be tough, to be able to withstand pressure, to use everything as a, an opportunity for growth. But at the same time, uh, you know, it also involves the necessity of being practical doing what can be done as opposed to what ought to be done sometimes goes to what can be done and it isn't what ought to be done. So the art of politics is engaged in, in Capricorn because Capricorn has to do with structure of anything, society included. And Aquarius comes along and says to Capricorn, you're not fair. You're an autocrat. We're going to have a revolution. We're going to change this. We want things to be different. We want more democracy, less autocracy, or whatever it is that Aquarius is trying to do is transform things. And that's all preparatory to running into the idea of Pisces, which has to do with the courage of being able to believe in yourself in a world that doesn't believe in you at all. Because it believes that as the way things are at the moment. I mean, the astrology of 10,000 years ago, I don't think was very sophisticated. The astrology uh, that um, existed with the Mayans, for instance. I mean, the Mayans had this idea that the sun rose from the bowels of the earth. Now our smart scientists these days say, oh, <laughs> Copernicus, this, you know, that. I'll tell you what, the orbit of the earth is the wave state of the earth. And a particle is, well, the earth. And it contains Venus, Mercury, and the sun. So when the sun comes up in the morning, it looks like it's coming right from the bowels of the earth. Yeah. But from an astrological perspective, it is. The, the center of the earth is where the sun and Mercury are. Because the earth is its orbit. The earth is collected out of its orbit. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, the reason I brought it up is the, the way. The way a person uh, would deal with all these energies today, a different than the way it was 120, 300, 400, 1,000 years ago. 
because mm-hmm. there were not the opportunities available. So the consciousness over time grows to the point where these things become available, these options, ways to be yourself, ways to develop parts of yourself that couldn't have developed. I mean, how could you have ever developed as an earbud wearer in 1500 BC? Right. It's the same solar system. So it's all dependent upon the level of your consciousness. And I really agree that it's a good idea to have these people who are interested in astrology from some superficial level. They keep the idea alive on a general Mm -hmm. level. It's important. It's still circulating. And I think what you just mentioned was useful in, in, in many ways. I mean, I... I kind of want to throw back 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 to you and 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 think about from the people that you've guided and helped how they've been able to apply to certain knowledges that you just shared around the guiding principles and commonalities of each of these signs. A couple of things that I could think about are if there is certain commonalities or tendencies for each of these signs, then you know, for example, Taurus and Leos, the people that are just going to take a concept or an idea and take it all the way to the top. These are great entrepreneurs, right? These are probably the, the potential Elon Musk's of the world, the people that are going to persevere through the ideas and the, and, and the, and the projects that they have. Uh, you mentioned a couple of other ones where people might be better served for um, maybe helping with climate change or politics. And it, it, there's like guiding principles around how to understand yourself or maybe a, a future child that you want to have and what direction you want to take them based on these commonalities that you have and also understanding other people. Apart from that, what are some of the things that you've seen for people to take the th- take these commonalities based on their birth d- uh, month or date and what are some of the applicable things that they can use that can benefit their lives, if that's the right way to think about it or not? Well, there's a lot. You'd have to unpack that a little bit for me. Please. Uh, yeah. At the end of the question, you said uh, something about that, referring to everything you had just said, which was not just that. It was, uh, was, it was rich with various details of one kind or another related i got lost in understanding yeah the, the the main question is based on what you've just shared about the commonalities of these signs how can people best use this information that can be applied for the benefit of their lives well um the caveat is this is this is what you call sun sign astrology, and it, it only uh, refers to the basic fundamental will consciousness of that person. The rest of the uh, solar system, planets, the organs, how that consciousness will operate. So the general um, commonalities. Um, I, I wouldn't put Taurus and Leo together too much. Okay. That's very specific. Okay. Just because they're yeah, so well, alpha, they're so, yeah, yeah. 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 Because yes, yes. Mm. 
you're going to try to reconstruct each other. Okay. The Taurus is not going to be happy with the Leo popping off. Mm. How can you say that? We need to okay. really build this quietly. And the Leo is going to say, come on, man, you're slow. Tauruses have a reputation of being slow because everybody else moves faster. Mm. Does that mean they're slow? No, it means they have their own pace and that's what they follow. And their nature is to do that. What about Libras? Who are Libras not compatible with? Not compatible with? Yeah. Well, if you're conscious, um, you can be compatible with anybody else who you agree is conscious as well. I mean, conscious means being aware of your energies, various energies, and what you can do with them, and what what would be the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do. That's consciousness. So for you, uh, to me, uh, it, it's a matter of being able to um, feel in a harmonious kind of uh, presence with another person. If you don't feel disturbed, if your equilibrium is not upset, chances are you have decent capability, decent relationship with that person. But Libra and Sagittarius, they pretty much get along fairly well. Sagittarius is very adventurous and Libra likes to dance. Libra likes music. Libra likes, you know, socializing. So does Sagittarius. So there's a commonality there. Mm. But a Libra and a Capricorn, not so much. Not necessarily universal. For sure, yeah. Not all Capricorns, you know. But the basic... Uh, Energy is square, Libra. Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, square. So the kind of relationship between those two energies is reconstructionist. There's a crisis that needs to be um, addressed so that the values can be reoriented. And, uh, you know, Libra is not necessarily wildly interested in reorienting your values. They're in they're fine-tuned right now to stay balanced. Mm-hmm. And a Capricorn might want you to reorient yourself. So could that mean in could that mean in general the people with the same signs are likely going to be in general fairly compatible? A Libra and a Libra a Virgo and a Virgo. Oh, a Libra and a Libra will be compatible to the point of boredom. <laughs> Everything is the same. Okay. There's nothing new. Yeah, it's true. I'm just trying to think of all the Libras that I know right now. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you, you can hang out and share a lot or whatever, but the same bed, the same breakfast table, Day after day after day with nothing new. Uh-uh. 
probably. You're saying it's not just Libras, but it could be a Virgo and a Virgo, a Cancer and a Cancer, yeah. a Gemini and a Gemini, anyone that has the same sign, not universally your, again, but yeah. in general, yeah. you're saying. Yeah, the general excitement of anything new, uh, progress even, some new idea, some new part of me uh, is been awakened by what you said and i'm so happy to be here virgo to virgo no they're going to pick each other apart virgo is very analytical mm. virgo's always you know, give them a thread they'll split it into two and give those two they'll split that into two and each one of those will split into two they're detail-oriented, and they make great writers mm-hmm. because of that capacity for detail. They can set a scene. They can, you know, you know, talk somebody talk about somebody's hallway, and the next thing you know, it's a museum. It's just filled with all kinds of things you never noticed before. Virgo will really show it to you. Mm-hmm. Is any human nature though that we're attracted to? likes and that we can often appreciate the people that are like us well tribal rather than speaking, different yeah mm-hmm. uh, that's why human beings hang out with each other instead of uh, i don't know with some giraffes you hang around giraffes very often not yet most of the organisms the living organisms that you hang around with for the most part, all your life. Been humans, right? Yeah. Because that's the nature of being human. You hang out with humans. But here and there, you discover, oh, like Jane Goodall. Discover gorillas are kind, wonderful, beautiful creatures who are just filled with nothing but love and agape, unconditional love. Once they see you're not a threat, man, and bring it all to you. Mm-hmm. Coco, remember? Yeah. Coco and Robin Williams telling jokes, laughing together. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers was there. Came into Coco's neighborhood. <laughs> they, they hit it off really well. Sure. Coco's got a little kitten. Coco's passed away now. She died in 53. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's human nature to hang out with like, but when it comes to the signs, it's collective energy that's being used in a particular way. So that kind of stuff is more for security. Feeling like you belong. I'm going to find somebody just like me, so therefore I know I belong. But not good for life partners. Yeah, not a good idea. Okay. It works. You can make it work. And sometimes it works better than anything else. But that's rare. Because the configuration of the astrological planets um, is where the differences uh, start to matter. Mm-hmm. Well, Ray, I, uh, I know you've been so generous with your time um, and and I really, really appreciate your time, your knowledge, your insights uh, around 
all of these things that I just didn't really understand. And I don't know if I asked you the right questions around this. So my final question to you is what is a question that you wish someone would have asked you or something that I should have asked, but I just, perhaps there was a knowledge gap there. Mean question you should have asked? Yeah. What's a question that you wish you would have liked to have been asked based oh, okay. on your profession? Well, I mean, based on, 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 on my profession, um, whatever question you ask is the one you should ask. There's a few you didn't ask, I'm sure. But yeah. it doesn't mean that the ones you asked are not the ones you should have asked. I get that. But what would have been, you think, more useful for the audience that is listening that should have been asked? That would have been more helpful to if I asked. Well, I, I, I don't know how to formulate uh, that kind of question, but it boils down to a question that would be based upon the internal uh, angst over who am I? What does astrology have to say about who I am? That's a good question. That's a, a reason uh, for getting an astrological chart done or read. Uh, you can do up the chart and look at it for a century and doesn't tell you anything if you don't know how to read it. Right? So yeah, what what does astrology have to do with uh, who I am? Got it. And how would you answer that in a in a short sentence? Okay. Thanks for uh, taking the time with me to do this. I don't know um, if it's going to be of any great use, um, but there's got to be something in there that's worthwhile, right? It I'm sure there is. For nothing. That's right. That's right. No, this is very useful, Ray. I, uh, I really appreciate your time. Where, where can people find you, learn more about you? Where is the well, online presence for you? Uh, the, the where you can go is to my website, mm -hmm. which which is um, everybody knows the three W's. So what, where, what, where, why, and who? <laughs> w W W. What, where, why, and who? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, astrological perspectives. Yeah. Net. I couldn't get Kong way back. I just uh, I had to, I would have had to pay a thousand dollars for it. <laughs> so that's I, that's the okay. easiest and best way um, we'll link that look if, if you're looking for um, a reading uh, or something like that um, I don't want to disappoint you but um, as it is uh, I am fully booked through the rest of the year Congrats. I have got a spot open they get open now and then for you know somebody cancels or somehow run doesn't show up or whatever get openings like that so i do um, if you do go to the website and, and provide a, an accurate birth time date and place of birth i put you on a wait list which i'm going to start filling out um calling people or writing to them probably around uh thanksgiving november-ish 
about January readings. Cool. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be teaching a class uh, with um, another, another person um, come September. So um, if you, uh, you can also go to YouTube. Yeah. And YouTube, uh, I do a monthly reading of the, of the month, what the month is like. And so, um, that's one, one way because that, that gets you on my mailing list and you'll get that every single month. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we'll link all of that in for people to check out. Ray, thanks so much for your time. Again, this has been super useful. I, I really enjoyed this conversation and, um, and definitely recommend people to check this out. All right. Thanks for making it all the way to the end of the show. Hope you really enjoyed our guest today and that you took one thing valuable from our conversation. If you haven't already, I would love it if you could leave a quick rating or review on whichever network you're listening to the show and share this episode with one friend if you found it valuable. And if it's something that a friend, a family member, or just someone that you care about could find a little bit of insight from what you learned today. All right. Ciao.